Across the multiverse, there are a host of powerful warriors and mages. One lone man travels between these worlds, seeking just such warriors. His search leads him to three planes. A marshy swamp on Eldraine, full of mystery and danger. A fiery, devastated landscape in one of Kaldheim's ten realms. And a ruined village on the wild plain of Zendikar. To each warrior an offer was made. Fight for this man, and in return he would grant them each something they seek. Every offer was accepted, and each hero was led to this traveler's home plane of Kylan. In. We find ourselves in a bustling city, and as, as the camera is moving from the sky down, you see that energy in this town is very high. People are very excited about something. The camera is going to move through the wind through the buildings and the people. You hear chatter about a competition and wonder what's going to happen this season. The camera comes and falls on a lone person who is walking through the streets. This individual has purple skin and some horns. Uh, Jens, why don't you go ahead and describe Zoltan for us? Zoltan Fight Finisher, he's on his way to his newest assignment after meeting with his uncle. And while he's walking with confidence, there's also, you can see that he's mumbling to himself. Whether it's griping or just wondering how he's going to do it, you're not entirely certain. But he holds himself with pride, despite all of that. Zoltan, as you're walking through the streets, you hear this chatter about the competition and the preliminary uh, bouts that are going to be taking place today. What are, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling about the competition you're entering today? You know, the competition is going to be fine. I mean, at least when I'm fighting, there's a reason as to why I have my title. It's all of the people that I've got to carry that I'm worried about. I mean, if they don't pull their weight, I'm going to look bad. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse than that. Go ahead and roll for me. Do a performance check. That is a 24. Okay. So you have actually done a pretty good job making a name for yourself, despite not being in, in one of the big leagues, so to speak, in martial magic. So as you're walking down the street, you're kind of mumbling and griping to yourself, and you hear off to the side, you hear a little boy talking to his mother and saying, Mommy, Mommy, is that one? I think that's one of them. I, what's his name, Mommy? Who is he? I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn. I'm actually going to go walk up to them. And get down on one knee and just look at this little boy. And He kind of hides behind his mom's skirt a little. He didn't actually expect you to hear him. But he like peeks around the folds at you. You recognize me? I, I think so. You, you, you fight at Valor's Reach, right? Mm-hmm. What's your name? I'm Zoltan, the fight finisher. Whoa. 
That's I'm the so one who cool. said, here comes the boom. <gasps> I remember that. That was really cool. I like that. I threw confetti at you. That was really cool. Are you fighting well, today? You. Actually, I think so. I <gasps> need to go and look at the schedule, but let me go ahead and I'm going to reach into my back pocket. I'm assuming that I have like premium tickets that I can give to fans and stuff like yeah, that. I'll say you have it. We'll say you have five. I'm going to go ahead and give him and his mom a couple of the premium seating tickets. As you were reaching your pocket, the little boy is looking up his mom. Mom, mom, can we go? Can we go? And you, as you look up at the mom's face, you can see that look of she really wants to, but she's about to say no to this boy for some reason. And then you hand the tickets and her eyes grow wide and she's like, oh, oh, thank you so much. This, you don't know how much this means to us. And the little boy's like, yay, I get to go to the match yay thank you zoltan and he is ecstatic i'm not saying that you need to throw confetti at me but if you do make sure that i've earned it all right oh i'm, I'm, I'm sure go, you will i'm gonna stand up i'm gonna take his mom hold her at the shoulder and just say you have a good son yes yes i do sir thank you and she turns and ushers her boy away um saying we we gotta go home and get some confetti and he's like, he like waves to you as they walk away. Not even looking back, I'm just going to give him the salute over the shoulder. So you are on your way to Valor's Reach. Um, your uncle, when you last spoke with him, he told you that there are three new recruits that he's going to be bringing to the preliminaries today that he's been he's decided to sponsor. Um, you make your way to Valor's Reach and... As you approach this monument of a structure, you look up and you see the two massive statues of soldiers, each bearing a spear that they are holding out, like as an, making an archway over the stairs that walk up into this massive stadium. On either side of the statue, there are these pillars with like a domed roof at the top and pillars of light are shooting out the top. And this is a this is becoming a familiar sight for you. You haven't been fighting in at Valor's Reach for too long compared to some of the other people that are well known. But you've been you've done enough fights that this is starting to become a regular sight for you. Most of the people that are going to be filling the stands to watch the competitions are making their way up the primary staircases to the big open doors. But you know that the competitors entrance is around the back. And so you make your way around the back, uh, you get to the door, and a bouncer stands up and asks for your pass, and you show him your ID, proving that you're a competitor and that you're going to be there. He lets you in. As you enter into the competitor's waiting room, you spot your uncle, and he sees you, and he ushers you over. Um, he's currently filling out some paperwork and handing this paperwork over to a secretary, um, and you imagine this is probably him filling out the forms to officiate these three new recruits that he told you he was bringing. And he finishes filling out the paperwork right as you walk up to him and hands it to the lady. And then he turns to you and he's like, ah, oh, just in time. I just barely brought your teammates. Are you ready for today? As ready as I can be. Well, good. Because I, I have a good feeling about these three. And I think, I think they're going to take us places, you and I. So... Don't mess this up for us. I would try and never do anything to harm the family name. Good, 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 good. Here, let me introduce you to him. And he leads you uh, 
through the waiting area into a specific viewing room. Now you know that for all the competitors who aren't in the first matches, they each have their own viewing rooms that they can watch the matches before them. And you, he walks you in, and you see three individuals who are very oddly just standing there. Straight-faced, slack-jawed. Like, they, If it weren't for the fact that you were as close to them as you are walking into this room, you would think they were statues. And Feldius walks up to them. He's like, oh, I totally forgot. He snaps his finger in front of each person's face in turn. And you see animation return to them. Um, let's go through Josh. Karg is the first one he snaps his fingers. And as he does, you come to, why don't you go ahead and describe what you look like to us? All right. So Karg is a six foot tall, grayish green skinned half orc. Um, he is missing the tip of the left tusk that protrudes out of his jaw. Um, the right one is there in full. He has a little bit of a, a tuft of a goatee coming down off his chin. Um, some longer 1800s style sideburns coming down. Hair is kind of slicked back and matted um, towards the back of his head. And he is barefoot. Completely barefoot. Um, has very, very thick calloused feet. Um, wearing just kind of brown and white robes that don't seem to have an entrance or a tie-off or anything, just kind of a seamless robe attire. And then Emma, he moves on to Levin next and snaps his finger. What does Levin look like? So Levin is very tall. She stands about seven feet. She has longer, uh, almost murky green colored hair that kind of looks like water it's a little bit strange and her skin is a green with modeling and you suspect that if you saw her like beneath some water she would look it would look like there were just ripples across her skin and she has bright glowing orange eyes that are a little bit unnerving to look at she cuts an intimidating figure, but you can't tell if it's intimidating on purpose or intimidating because that's just how she is. All right. Thank you very much. And Riley, Gore is last in the line. You snap of the fingers, he comes to. What does Gore look like? So Gore, he's a minotaur. He's He just has a kind of like rough leather draped across his body, uh, covering what's important. Uh to his side, he's holding his trusty ball and chain that's very big and very heavy. He's also about uh, eight feet tall, as minotaur tend to be. And he's got big black horns that uh, protrude out the, uh, his, the sides of his head and then aim forward uh, pretty sharply. All right. Uh, yeah. Nice. So, Zoltan... You've seen minotaurs before. They're very common in the fighting rings of Kylem. These other two, something's off about them. You've never seen anything like them before. The rest of you, as you come to, your vision has been in a sort of a blurred state this whole time. You've been able to see set light and very brief colors, but you haven't been able to see what you, where you are. You haven't been able to move, but it hasn't bothered you. 
mentally you haven't really been there either. And as you come to, you find that you can't remember where you are, how you got here, or where you even came from in the first place. All you know is that the man who just snapped his fingers in front of your face is familiar, but you can't place why. Zoltan, what, what is your reaction to seeing this little display from your uncle and these people? It's not the first time that this has happened. Um, and previously, Zoltan wasn't the one who was going to train these. We'll call them recruits. But this is part of the fight fixing that between his uncle and his cousin, um, Kells, that is really kind of part of their underground empire, seeking, if not to undermine the fights, then at least make them the most profit possible. So for him, he's stock still through all of this and keeping as straight a face as possible, at least in front of his uncle. All right. And when these three see you, what does Zoltan look like to them, besides what I described earlier? You can see not like excessively fine armor, but it's well made. And it's got a family emblem on the front of it, some sort of symbol that is recognizable to a fan base, even from the nosebleeds. Big ol' sword strapped across his back, and an air of authority that just exudes, even as he's standing there, arms crossed, leaning up against one of the chairs. Now, Feldius, the man who was snapping his fingers, he rubs his hands together and looks at the three views like, all right, today's the big day. Uh, the competition preliminaries are going to be starting. Oh, he looks at his wrist, but there's no watch. Um, about five minutes. Go ahead, make sure through the window, watch the fights, learn from the fights, and... I'm going to go see who you're fighting, and hopefully it's someone that you can handle. But I have total faith in all of you. Zoltan here is going to show you the ropes. He's going to explain what's going on, do everything he says. Unless it's wrong, don't do it. I will see you all later. And he exits the room. And as he walks out the door, you hear this, this eruption of cheers from outside. And as you guys look out into the pitch, you see that in the center of this arena, there has been there's this flat just stone like area where the fights take place you watch as the air around the center of the arena starts to ripple and shift and change and suddenly it's not a stone platform anymore you see a forest there's this huge tall tree reaching up into the sky and a rippling brook that runs through and you watch as an announcer walks out onto the field and starts explaining, like announcing the beginning of the preliminary competition. What are the four of you doing in the meantime? Three of you just very jarringly showed up at a place you don't recognize, and one of you is not the happiest to have been pit up with this team. Arg is just kind of a little in shock because he's not one to not remember what's happened mm -hmm. his people are literally the historians of his world and so keeping track of what's going on is kind of in his blood and he's kind of just taking everything in looking around really confused as to the guy that just snapped his fingers in my face and why he's walking out the door just kind of looking around at everybody not saying anything i would say that levin looks incredibly on edge between the loud noise and the 
discombobulation she's experiencing, not knowing where she is, not knowing who these strange people are. Um, she's not making any sudden movements right now, but she looks very tense, and it's almost like she's gone back to being a statue, and is just quickly analyzing the room, trying to make sense of things as fast as she can. I'd say that Gore's uh, steps slightly back, so he has view of everybody, and he's just folded his arms, and he's just sizing everybody up at the moment, but especially uh, Jinza's character. So, leaning, not even looking through the window, Zoltan's just gonna say, Okay, I probably have a lot of questions. Let me see if I can get some of them out of the way. First off, I'm not here to hurt you. This is called Kylum, and you have been forcibly recruited by my uncle to join in the fights. I will do what I can to help you and to protect you. Forcibly recruited. What is this, slavery? One step above, but basically. You said it was called Kyle. What is Kylem? All of this. And he just gestures openly and continues on almost disregarding the question. Basically, so Kylem is this whole area. We are currently up at Valor's Reach. This is the main stadium. This is where the biggest fights happen, and where the most glory is earned. I don't know where you're from, I don't particularly care. I'm here to make sure that you actually stay alive. Now, Zoltan, you know that in this competition it's never about killing each other. The people of Kylem relish in their rich culture of their society, and they relish in the fact of competition, but they also believe in peace. Like, this place has not experienced a war in a very long time. So you know that in the competition, even if someone gets close to death, there are interventions that take place so that people don't die. I'm not saying you have to tell them that, but you know that. I know, but if they are acting like they're fighting for survival, it's going to be all the more rich. Fights generally happen as either singles, doubles, or teams. If I were to guess correctly, we're going to be fighting as a team today. So, What do you gain out of all of this? Reputation, like I said previously, glory. And ultimately, to get on to bigger and better things. Can we leave? I hope so. That was not yes or no. That's because I don't know. Who does? Probably the one who did this thing. Do not snap at me. I'll try to refrain from that. I was just emphasizing my point. As you guys are talking, the door to the your viewing room opens up, and four more individuals walk in to start watching the fight. For the players, I threw pictures of them up in maps and character art, but I'm going to go ahead and describe them. Gore, you see another minotaur walk into the room, and he glances at you as he does and just sort of nods with a snuff of his nose he's wearing silver armor that has a lot of red embellishments across it and he's carrying with him a very very large hammer uh, followed quickly behind him is a very short green creature with absolutely enormous ears who is chattering incessantly to the uh to the minotaur and then following behind them are two women one 
a human, one an elf. The human has green hair, short, just down about to her neck level, and a silver uh, armor piece with a green cloak. And the elf has long blue hair with a very fine-looking dress with green highlights that the two of them are speaking quietly to each other. And the two girls look at the rest of you and smile, but don't say anything as they move to the other end of the room to start watching the fight. I gesture towards the seats. We might want to sit down. I can explain the rules as we see it happen. Now, Karg doesn't have any memory of anything before meeting this uncle person or any memory of how he got here like does he like does he remember home that kind of stuff no you remember absolutely nothing before the finger snap in your face all you remember is that the man who was doing the snapping seemed familiar and was probably the reason you're here okay um for you three Anyone who has a wisdom score over 14, 14 and up, go ahead and roll for me a wisdom save. Does that include me or? No, just the three, just the other three. Dang, I have a 13. That would be a nine for 11. <laughs> All right, nine for be 11. Be a 16 for Karg. Okay, so 11, you, so you know that you're forgetting something. You just don't know what it is. Karg, as you sit there and ruminate and think, because of your experiences learning lore and really paying attention to the world around you and keeping every thought that you ever have cataloged, you recognize that something's been done to your head. You know something's wrong. You, As you sift through this muddled memories that you've got, there's a couple of things that come through. First... You remember, you don't remember what Feldius asked you to do or how he approached you, but you remember that you agreed to whatever he proposed. You just don't remember what that was. The other thing you remember is Kylem is not the name of the place you're from. You don't remember the name, but you know it's not this place. This is not somewhere that you've ever heard of before. And the third thing that you remember, let's see, how do I want to say this? You have this memory of a gut-wrenching feeling. Of like, for those of us who, in the real world, that feeling when the elevator starts moving for the first time, your stomach kind of jiggles. That's kind of the feeling that Karg is remembering. Like, that this sudden being moved without moving yourself feeling. And that's all that you get. Right. So, please, sit down. I'm not... It's not that I don't care... I don't agree with my uncle's practices, and let me just say, this is as hard for me as it is for you. Gord just kind of, like, snuffs his nose like bulls do, like... Do I believe him? Go ahead and roll an insight check. Okay. That is... 15. 15? So yeah, you you can tell, in, as he's talking to you... He, he genuinely doesn't agree with his uncle. Whatever it is that his uncle does normally, it doesn't sit well with Zoltan. And you believe that he doesn't want to hurt you guys. He just doesn't want to be here either. Karg will not sit down, but he will watch. He'll just stand there with with uh, holding his staff, watching the fights. Levin will sit down, somewhat reluctantly, but she'll sit. 
Yeah, Gore, Gore will also stay standing. You notice that the other Minotaur that walked in is also standing because these chairs are not made for Minotaur bodies. Yeah, <laughs> that's what these I thought. are very small, and you have a very large body. <laughs> Before Zoltan starts explaining, Karg, as you and for whoever else is watching the fight, you watch as on either side of the arena, the tree that the really tall tree I mentioned is right in the middle, and on either side, you see four people enter onto the stage or onto the arena on either side, and there's this light up in the sky that flashes three times before turning green. And then you watch as the people on the field dart into action. Um, they obviously seem to be paired up in sets of two, like two people are sticking together, but there's like very clearly two teams of four split up into groups of two and they start going. So as the fight proceeds, Zoltan explains just kind of the basics of the rules that this is combat so the goal is to hit the enemy, um, and the flashier that you do it, the better a score you can receive. Considering that the teams are broken down into pairs, and looking at, we could do team standing and team sitting, does that work for everyone? Have I ever seen, has Karg, like does the sight of a minotaur feel really, really weird to Karg? Like, it's, it's like a completely alien thing for him. No, you have seen minotaurs before. Very cool. And so, like, you don't think anything of seeing them here, but there's no, like, unsettling feeling. Like, they aren't weird to you. You just sort of accept that, yeah, these guys okay. are a thing. If I'm going to fight, I suppose I will fight with the one who also has horns. <laughs> um, that is a good point, though. Levin, you have never seen something like this before. You do have that sort of unsettling, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Not necessarily like, what the heck is this thing? But just sort of a, huh, interesting. That's, mm -hmm. I think that's unusual. She'll make a mental note to ponder over it later. So any objections? Yes. So, sounds fine to all me. this. <laughs> I, I hardly agree to your objection, but we're stuck here. Every single one of us. Does he seem bitter about that fact? Like, genuinely bitter? Go ahead and roll me an insight check. I will do that. As you do that, anyone who watches the fight, you'll see as one human man uh, starts running up across a large root of the tree to cross over the river. And you see this flash of green light as his spear tip starts to glow. And the tip itself almost seems to grow twice its size as he like comes down for a plunging strike on a dwarf and the crowd goes wild and you see um, puffs of confetti as audience members are throwing this confetti into the field. It yeah, just seemed unnecessary. It's 13 plus gratuitous. two. Agreed. Yeah, 13 plus two for the insight. 15. 15. Yeah, you can tell that like it seems that he's probably more annoyed at having to deal with you three than he is with ha being here for the fights. So the other people in the room, are they not paying attention to us? Are they like checking us out? Or are they just more interested in the fight that's happening? I'll say as you, as you glance over at them, um, the Minotaur is just sort of sitting there. He's looking out at the field, but it doesn't seem like he's observing it necessarily. Like he's watching, but not really gleaning anything from it. 
while the little goblin beside him is like jumping up and down to see over the railing and is like chattering like oh did you see that move oh that's pretty cool but i bet i could top that guy oh she's nope that was a mistake oh that's gonna cost him right there you see that they're gonna lose and the two women are both very calculatively watching the fight and you see the blue-haired one sort of glances over at you occasionally like you as a collective but none of them have said anything to you if this is a competition how do you know who wins? You see who has the most points at the end. And Zoltan looks pointedly over at the other group and says, Unless I miss my guess, that's our competition today. And in terms of what the field will look like, that's a better question. I mean, I think it is very important to understand how you rack up points, but if you want to piddle about the field, that works as well. Points can be earned from earning audience favor, from hitting the enemy, taking down an enemy, just basically making it all look good. And as as huh. he says that, you hear a, a combination of cheers and boos from the audience. As you look out, you see that there is another Minotaur on the field that has knocked over another human soldier. And he's like, raising his arms up like yeah yeah and as he's doing that the human has spun his glaive around and nicked the back of the minotaur's legs you see the minotaur go down on one leg and as you watch you can tell that the confetti is being thrown in response to the human and a bunch of like rotten food food and stuff is getting thrown in the direction of the minotaur although none of it's quite making it to him you see like that celebrating too early that's a bad thing. Never giving up. That's a good thing. I can respect that. Is your uncle the only one getting paid from these battles? There's a variety of parties that get paid. Um, my uncle is one of the ones that will get paid from our fight in particular. But in terms of who else has their fingers in the pie, your guess is as good as mine. So what happens if we intentionally throw the fight to not make your uncle any money? Then I get punished. And probably you too. As as Gorse says that, the little goblin on the other side of the room just laughs, very obviously having listened to your conversation. And he's like, no, no, by all means, throw the fight. It'll make me look good. Or maybe it won't. Wait a minute. No, don't throw the fight. Then I won't get to look good. Leave us, you cretin. And his Minotaur friend, when you say that, turns. And the same bullnose thing that you mentioned earlier, he does that and grips his warhammer very tightly and says, Don't talk to him like that. Save it for the field. And I'm going to use my conquering presence. Oh, okay. What does that do? That is a channel divinity every creature within 30 feet radius needs to make a wisdom saving throw or be frightened by me oh man okay so everyone go ahead and do that i got a 17 okay so you'll pass dc Yay. save is 14 that will be an 11 uh i take it 11 is did you say it was frightened yes that would be the frightened condition what save Excellent. was it again sorry Save 14 Wisdom. Karg rolls a 13. Also frightened. But not sure why. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zoltan, you can tell that the goblin and the blue-haired girl both like kind of seem taken aback, and your your presence seems to have taken an effect on them. However, the minotaur just sort of stands his ground and turns his glower at you and just gives you the stinkiest of stink eyes. While the green-haired girl just sort of smirks and chuckles to herself before turning back to the field. If you want to fight now, I mean, by all means. However, that is one of the conditions of disqualification, isn't it? The minotaur just glares at you and then turns back to watch the fight. And the blue-haired girl just sort of like looks around at the rest of her teammates and is like, Okay, and also turns back to the field. Little Goblin is now actively standing behind the Minotaur's legs so that he's, like, hidden from you. And Zoltan, as he's turning back, just basically, I thought so. And continues watching the fights with not even genuine pleasure um, as I proceed to take a short rest to recharge that. (laughs) I actually don't think you'll have that much time because the fight doesn't last an hour. And as soon as the fight ends, an officiator, one of the... You recognize this guy, Zoltan. One of, this small, diminutive creature, about the same size as the goblin in the room. Blue skin, but instead of a normal face, it's just a single large eye. Zoltan, you recognize this as a... I forgot the term. Shoot, what was the term? Hashtag googly. Definitely not a beholder. No, definitely not a beholder. No, there's not 12 eyes. There's just one. (laughs) They're cousins. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Distantly. This is a baby beholder. (laughs) What are those, like, the gazers that you can get as a pet? Those are so cute. These are homunculi, and you know, Zoltan, that these guys are responsible for making sure that things don't get out of hand. Um, the rest of you, you may now that you've seen one of these up close, you recognize that the entire arena is circled by these little guys. Um, they just seem to be watching intently at the the field. But he walks in, and he sort he makes some hand gestures. Those of you, so Zoltan, you recognize this as the homunculi sign language saying, "It is time. Come with me." And he leads you out. Um, a different homunculi grabs the other team, and you're led down separate corridors. And you are now making your way down to end up on the field. And as we're walking, Sultan's going to look at the team around him. He's going to drop the commanding presence. um, And it only lasts for a minute maximum. Um, And as he does that, he says, Sorry, they got on my nerves. I popped that a bit too early. What was that? How did you do that? Let's just call it one of my particular skills that I can use in combat. I can do the same thing. It's called being big and scary. Yes. If you haven't noticed, I'm not as big and scary, so I need a little bit of extra oomph. Understandable. Now, being the shortest one here, Zoltan is, once again, just mildly annoyed by that. (laughs) Used to being large and in charge, and so having these poweringly big teammates is just he's like i'm not gonna get any screen time this is gonna be terrible (laughs) how tall is zoltan oh he's a little bit over five foot (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Yep, you're pretty small. This must be what the goblins feel like. All right, so you guys are led out. You're not quite on the field yet. You're in a corridor, and you can see out onto the stone platform. And the announcer is starting to hype up your fight, announcing one of you, I'd like a volunteer, please, to roll me a d6. I'll do it. Sounds good. Go for it. That is a six. Ooh! Well, I guess it's not really something we're trying to get high on, I guess. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Okay. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so as the, you guys are listening to the announcer, and he announces, For this bout of the battles, we are pleased to invite you all to the Ashen Crags. Of the blown up mountain. And you watch as the field in front of you warps and does that air quiver thing. And the stone turns black and craggy. And this peak right in the... Or not not right in the center. These like jagged peaks start to rise up on either half of the field. And this river of lava starts snaking its way right across the middle of the battlefield. And you hear the, the crowd just goes wild like... And the announcer continues, For this match, I am pleased to announce our combatants, Grishmer the Dagger! And you guys see across the way, the goblin steps out onto the field and is like dancing up and down and hyping up the crowd. And his partner, Boulder the Hammer! And the Minotaur steps out as well. He doesn't necessarily do anything flashy like the goblin, but he just sort of smacks his hammer down on the ground. And the crowd goes wild. And they will be teamed up with Savira the Mana Weaver. And the blue-haired girl steps out onto the field and waves to the crowd. And her partner, Keliara the World Weaver. And the green-haired woman steps out as well. And now for their opponents. We have Zoltan the Fight Finisher. Zoltan, do you step out? As I step out, draw my, gr my greatsword from out behind my back. And the almost rippling of the of the sword, you can hear just the slightest crackle of thunder as it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. The crowd goes wild again. And you faintly feel like you hear a familiar young child. Next, we have his partner, Levin the Lurker. Levin, what would Le you like to do as you step out hearing that title? She will step out and I think almost reflexively, uh, she's going to turn to the nearest person. They're, they're far-ish off in the stands, right? You're like an audience member? Yeah. Yeah, they're probably about 50 feet away. The closest one would be 50 feet away from the field. Okay. She's just going to kind of turn to face the stands and... She kind of snarls, and you see these very sharp set of teeth, and she lets out like this hissing almost noise, and they start to drip green acid, and that's using the cantrip Primal Savagery. And it's all pure reflexive, um, trying to intimidate an unknown enemy, even if there isn't one there. The announcer continues, and next we have Karg the Elusive! And Karg will kind of do like a half run trot out towards the teammates. And at the last second, he is going to hit a gainer 
and just kind of do a, <laughs> a gaining front flip and then la- and try to land right next to his teammates. Oh my goodness. The crowd seems to love that little show. <laughs> and his partner, Gore the Steady. Uh, Gore will try to slam his weapon into the ground beside his teammates and kind of like pull himself to it as he's walking out. And then he'll like pick his ear with his finger. (laughs) (laughs) You hear some laughs in the crowd. And the announcer continues. Now remember contestants, do your best and may the best victor win. And you see above you that same flashing light flashes once, twice, green. And the fight begins. Everyone, please roll me some initiative. 15. All right, Josh. 12. Emma? 22. Oh. Riley? 14. All right. Levin, you are up first. So you guys are about 50 feet, 45 to 50 feet away from the lava lake that separates the two of your two parties. Um, there are two primary, like, very large crags that would be able to act as some sort of cover the rest of the field is craggy and uneven but not difficult terrain and the lava lake is about 10 feet across or the lava river okay so i will move my yeah i'm gonna move my 40 feet and run up towards the river sea that gets you about five feet away from the edge of it so there's one Mm -hmm. square between you and it i'm going to yeah we'll do patient defense i'll spend a key point and do patient defense as my bonus action do you want to do patient defense or do you just want to take the dodge action fair point thank you i'll take the dodge action all right thank you remind me what that does disadvantage on attacks coming in okay Mm-hmm. Cool. Patient defense does that as a bonus action, but it costs right. a hit point. Correct. Um, yeah. We'll do that. And then action, dodge. And we'll wait. I'm not taking the first stab at things. Next is Kaliara. She... So you're going to see as the green-haired girl is going to move forward just a little bit so that she has a good, clean view of let's see actually what's the range on that one trying to think tactically because i'm not playing just a bunch of mindless goblins she's going to move towards her crag so that she has a shot at gore and is going to cast entangle so let's see 20 foot square starting a point from a point oh she's going to get a couple of you with that actually yep x save correct Pretty sure it's strength. Yes, it's a strength save 13, and that's going to get both Zoltan and Gore. I got a 13 pass. All right. Oh my goodness, I got a 12. Okay, so Gore, you are currently entangled until the spell ends. Um, You are restrained, and you can use your action to make a strength check to get out again on your turn. But other than that, you are stuck where you're at. And there, that area is now rough terrain. All right. And that is going to be her turn. So that puts us at Jens. Zoltan, what is he doing? So, Zoltan with his sword out. Is there any way that I could grant Crag 
advantage on his strength check by like cutting some of the vines that he's entangled in? I'm going to say no, because the the vines, as long as she's concentrating on the spell, continue to writhe and almost seem like if you do try to cut at him, more grow in their place. Okay, so like if I were to cut him out, they would grow on me and I'm busy focusing on myself. Yeah, basically. Okay. So I'm going to try and start cutting my way out, and it's difficult terrain, so half speed. Yep. And I'm going to get as close up behind the crag as I can get. All right, what's your speed? My speed is 30 feet. 30 feet. And if I need to dash, I will dash. Okay, you can get within five feet of the crag, which is going to block sight for you from everyone. So no one else can see you, and you can't see anyone else. Okay. And as I do that, I'm going to bring my sword up in front of me, and I'm just going to say, all right, here comes the boom, casting thunderous smite, and you can feel the, the vibrations coming off of my sword. Is that anything that affects anyone else, or is that you preparing for... That is me with a concentration spell on the next melee attack that I hit on. It's going to do extra damage and a thundering, well, smite. Nice. <laughs> All right. It's it's fun stuff. And is that your turn? Yes. All right, Gore, you are stuck, sir. Please make me a strength check. Uh, can I use my bonus action to rage first so I get advantage? Sure. I'll allow All right. Gore's going to get really pissed off that he's uh, entangled in some roots. <laughs> okay, well, it's a good thing I have advantage. Okay, I got a 16 that time. All right, you are free. Uh, it's still I... uh, difficult terrain, so you're still at half speed, but you are All able right. to move freely again. So um, are we doing... I'm the orange one, and then the crag's like 30 feet away? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just try to get away from the entangle and move towards the crag with all my movement. Alright. And your movement was 30? Uh, yeah. Okay. Alright. Uh, you are able to get up next to the crag, right next to Zoltan. Is that gonna be your turn? Yeah, I think that's all I can do. Alright, Karg, you're up. Alright, so the two of them are right behind the crag. Where was Levin at again? She's... A little Jeez. past the crag, between, uh, right next to the lava river. Okay. Mm. On the side that I have more of a direct line of, um, past the crag, I will take my full 40 feet of movement uh, towards the lava. Now, that's like right at the edge of my movement. I wouldn't be able to jump that, would no, I, with my movement? because there's still okay. another 10 feet between you and the river. Okay, the way it's that's what I thought. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, in that case, I will go ahead and... Am I within 60 feet of any enemies? You are within 60 feet of Kaliara, the green-haired girl. That All right, she she gets a dart. Oh. So I will attempt to throw a dart at her. 20 plus 5, 17 to hit. That hits. And she takes a whole... Wow, max damage. Seven. Nice. Nice. That's really good, actually. That's awesome. Good old D4s coming in clutch. And then that will be my turn. Because I don't believe I can do anything else. Moves us on to the little goblin man. He's going to run up a little bit, pulling out a short bow. And he's going to take a shot at Levin. Does a 13 hit? No. 
Alright, the arrow goes wide, and you hear boos from the crowd. So, Levin, after the arrow flies wide past you, you see Boulder come barreling around the crag in your direction, but he doesn't quite make it far enough to get any hits Mm. on you. So that is his turn. And then Savira is going to follow everyone up. She's going to hold out her hand in your direction, Karg. And it fires off this ghostly image of her own hand, flies off from her, and streaks towards you. Does a 21 hit you, sir? I believe it does. All right, you feel this this hand smashes into your chest as you throw your dart, and this cold energy seeps across your body and makes you shiver. You take two damage, but you cannot regain hit points until the start of your next turn. And you, as you look down, the hand as it hit your chest is now like actively gripping your chest and hanging on there. That hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Tore my chest hair out. All right, back to the top of the order. Emma. All right. So I have the lava river in front of me. How close is it to the green hair magic user? Um, She is currently... You can kind of tell where she is, but she's got enough cover from the crag that you wouldn't be able to get a hit on her from okay. where you're at. Um, mm-hmm. You would have to, if you went straight forward and crossed, you could get within 10 feet of her if you could figure out a way. Actually, no, because it's going to be difficult terrain to get across the lava lake. So you can get probably within 20 feet of her if you successfully cross the river. You could alternatively just move sideways along the river to get view of her if you have any ranged attacks you'd like to use. Okay. And the goblin and the minotaur, they are closer to the river. Like, if I. The minotaur is about just five feet farther away from it than you currently are, and the goblin is about 10 feet behind him. Okay. I'm going to uh, try to basically get into range with the minotaur. Okay. What's the The barbarian trying to get within? Melee. Oh, melee. So, five feet. Yeah. So, if you're running forward, how do you propose getting across the lava river? Let me check my stats. Yeah, I was looking up. I was thinking about just walking through it, but wading through lava does 10d10 fire damage per five feet. <laughs> yeah. Lava's not cool. I'm going to try to just leap it. It's it's 10 feet? Yeah, 10 feet. We'll, we'll jump. We'll try jumping. Okay. Go ahead and give me an athletics roll. See if you can athletics. Yep. Okay, that's a natural one for five. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh no. And then Levin died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Um. Okay. Here's what we're gonna have happen. Levin takes a lava, and right at the edge of the river, she jumps. She clears the river, but as she lands on the other side, she lands on a loose rock. That trips her up, and she f- steps back. Uh, You're not going to fall completely in the river, but you are going to step into it. Okay. And so since not all of you is falling into the river, I'm only going to do 5d10. Merciful oh, DM. You're... Yeah, you're kind and very merciful DM. Did you say 5d10? Yep. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's resisting damage. <laughs> we probably should have someone else roll for the terrain. <laughs> My luck from carrying stats, uh, from rolling stats, carries over to today. 
I was rolling them and I got no joke. I rolled four d sixes and they were all ones. Oh my goodness! How much <laughs> HP do you have? <laughs> I have twenty nine HP. So here's here's what's gonna happen. You you okay. you stumble on this rock and you fall back and your leg starts to go into the lava and you feel the searing burning pain up your leg. At the same time, you see off on the edge of the field, one of the homunculi makes a hand motion and this magical energy surrounds your leg and lifts you the rest of the way out of the river. So you're only going to take half of what I rolled. So that's going to be 17 damage. However, okay. your team loses five points because homunculi assistance was needed. Okay, cool. Fair enough. So you that's, hear from the audience, fine. Oh, ooh, ooh, and you... And a scathing burn on, <laughs> on Levin as she attempts to cross the river. Yes. What, but you are successfully the across the river, and I want to say your movement ends there, and that's your, your turn. Okay, that's fine. That's my way of making the natural one still hurt, no. but not kill you. <laughs> uh, Thank you. I, I will take that. Haliara is next. She is going to drop concentration on the uh entangle she is going to move 15 feet 20 feet over so that she gets sight of zoltan and she's going to cast a spell that draws a silvery white beam of light down from the sky directly on zoltan casting moonbeam all right zoltan i need you to make me a constitution saving throw not my worst one, but not my best. That is a 12. 12. All right. You do not make it. So this searing energy falls down around you, and you take... Nope, that's it. Okay. You're going to take 10 damage. 10 radiant damage. And that is going to be her turn. So there is now an active moonbeam. And it is now Zoltan's turn. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Is there... Is it... Just 30 feet between me and the river? Uh, 30 feet will get you within 5 feet of the river. According to long jumping rules, if I move at least 10 feet, I can move a number of feet equal to my strength score. Will 14 feet get me across the bank? From where you are currently? Yes. No. It'd be You would need 15. You could alternatively, rather than going your full 30, you could go 25. So then on your next turn, you'd be able to get the 10 feet uh, jump run up to get right up to the edge of the uh, the river. And then you'd be able to make it. Yeah, but if I go 25, then I'll still be in range of Moonbeam. Uh, I don't think so, because Moonbeam it said it was only a 5 foot. Like it's basically one square. It's one square, but it can move. It can move, oh yeah, up to 60 feet. Never mind. I missed that. Either way, it, it can you're with you're going to be within range if you're twenty five or thirty feet. Um, is the mage, uh, is the mage that is doing the moonbeam within thirty feet of me? No. How about the minotaur? Just barely out of range. Or wait, hold on. Oh right my there. goodness! No, sorry. I I was going based on moving you back five feet. Yes, he is just barely within thirty feet. I am going to go ahead. I'm going to use my action and cast command. I'm going to say, come here. Okay. Go ahead. And is there anything that I need to roll or you need to roll? It is a wisdom saving throw on his part. DC 13. It's going to be... DC 14. 
Natural 20. Oh my goodness. Wow. So you say, come here! And Boulder just sort of like looks over at you, smirks, and then focuses back in on Levin. Well, that is my action and my movement. I've already got a thing up for concentration. Oh, wait, I need to roll for concentration. It was just 10. That easily passes. That is it for me. All right. Gore! There's a moonbeam right next to you. I'm going to... I'm going to do what you were saying earlier, and I think I'm going to try to move 10 feet away from the uh, river. Okay. Well, your range, then, your speed was 30, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll move as close to the person casting Moonbeam as I can, though. Oh, okay. So let's Like, see. towards her. Okay, that gets you within 10... You're 10 feet away from the edge of the river, and you're standing right next to Karg. Hi, Karg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to pull out one of my javelins and try to hit the moonbeamer. Okay, what's the range on javelin? Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's quite important. 30 is the minimum range, right? It says 30 slash 120. Okay. So within 30 is a natural roll. If you roll up to, if you go up to 120 feet, you roll a disadvantage to attack. Oh, okay. 30, yeah, she's just, she's about 10 feet outside of your 30 foot range, so you will be at disadvantage, but you can't throw it at her. Oh, let's try it. Does your rage give you a bonus uh, it, or advantage on your attack? It only gives me advantage on strength checks, it says. Okay. So yeah, you can go ahead and make that attack at disadvantage. No way. I rolled a 14 and an 18. <laughs> so with my strength and uh, proficiency, that's a synthetic 20 to hit. All right. I'm pretty positive that hits her armor class <laughs> of 13. So go ahead and roll me some damage, my man. All right. It's two and then plus six. Oh, wait. No. Yes. Put two plus six because I'm raging. So eight. Eight. All right. All right. Go ahead and describe what this looks like. You didn't kill her, but I'm just curious. So in the in the rage, he broke off the entanglement, and she's the same one who cast an entangle, right? Yep. Yeah. So he he kind of like locked on her and just started doing a bull rush towards her. And as he was rushing towards her, he pulled out this barbed spear and just like used all of his body force to swing it forward, almost to like as he was going on all fours, still running while he was throwing it. Nice. All right. So as you go down on all fours and you're running, you're bolting, and you narrow in on her and chuck this javelin, it sails through the air, and it strikes her just, like, off to the side of the stomach. So, like, it goes past her, deals a pretty nice little gash of damage to her side, and then impales itself on the ground behind her. And she quickly grabs onto the wound and staggers a little bit, and the crowd erupts with, Ooh, yeah! And you get some confetti thrown in your direction. So, some part of me just wants to scream moo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Josh, it's Karg's turn. All right. And I am how far away from the river? You are 10 feet away from the bank. Everyone except the goblin is within sight of you. And Gore is like charging across he the river? No, he just ran up next to you, and right as he got up next to you, he launched a javelin at the green-haired girl and landed a hit. On the other side of the bank, how close is everybody to the River of Lava? So the green-haired girl is about 15 feet from the bank. The blue-haired girl is 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 
30 feet from the bank. The Minotaur is 10 feet away, and the Goblin is 25 feet away. So Gore's the closest the Minot- to the bank, or not Gore, uh, the Minotaur. However, if you if you were to run straight forward and cross the bank, you would be closest to the green-haired girl. Okay. And she's 15 feet away, you said? Yeah, once you get across the bank, it'll be 15 feet. Or 10 feet up okay. to, like, be next to her. I would like to try to get as close to her as possible. So I'm going to use my full 40, and I'm going to jump that river and hope All for right. the best. What was the rules you guys were saying about long jumping? Uh, if you run 10 feet towards it, you add your strength multiplier. Or so if you make at least 10 feet of movement before you go for the long jump, you can jump a number of feet equal to your strength score. All the strength score. I, I thought it was you add strength modifier on top of like something. All right. What's Karg's strength score? Hey, 17. All right. So yeah, Holy. you easily clear this. So that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. You're getting up right next to the green-haired girl? Yeah, can I, like... Hold on, let me check something. Karg is a big boy. He's a half-orc. Got some quads. Let's see here. Okay. Do I have enough movement to get behind her? You can get right up next to her. Okay. Um, so that you are right next to her and within about 15 feet of her partner. The blue-haired girl. I am going to make a quarter-staff attack on her. Okay. Oh, rough. Two plus five for seven. I do not believe that hits. Nope, that does not hit. She watches as you run and vault over this river and sees the attack coming and ducks right at the last minute. Flurry up, flurry up. I know. (laughs) Let's see. I just want to check and see if I can still do this if I... Okay. I am going to spend a key point. Let me click it. And I will do a flurry of blows. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. 19 plus 5 for 24. Yep, that definitely hits. hits. All right. That is going to be not bad. Four points of damage. And I am going to impose my open hand technique. And I am going to push her. If I, this is what I'm attempting to do. You let me know if I can't, and I will do the other thing. Okay. But he wants to try to push her into the lava. Okay. Because open hand technique, I can push someone 15 feet Whoa. if the, if they fail a strength saving throw with a DC of 12. Okay. If I attempt uh-huh. to push her, could I get her in the direction of the river? So with where you're at, you'd be pushing her parallel to the river. But here's what I'll let you do. Since she ducked from your quarterstaff and then you hit her with another blow, I'm going to let you make a dexterity check to see if you can finagle maneuvering her. And if you succeed, then I will let you push her 15 feet into the river. Okay. Let me roll it up. 14 plus 3, 17. Absolutely. That works. Awesome. So, yep, you push her. She is right at the edge of the river so on your next turn you would be able to finish the job okay that will be sufficient for now all right that is my turn so as you run up you swing with the quarterstaff and she ducks and seeing your opportunity you spin around and you with your palm just backhand her to the back of the head 
and at the same time push her forward, launching her 15 feet towards the river. Oh my goodness. And the crowd erupts again. They love this. They love your team. 15 feet's a long ways. Like, that's some serious monk stuff to be able to just <laughs> punch someone 15 feet. Like, that's insane. That's Bruce Lee one inch punch multiplied by 10. <laughs> All right. So that is Karg. So now it's going to be Grish's turn. He's going to turn and level his bow at you, Karg. <laughs> Sheet. And he is going to fire an arrow at you for 13 AC. Is that, does that beat you? 15 is my AC. All right. So no. This guy sucks with a bow and needs to stop using it because he's missed two shots now. <laughs> and that is going to lose his team a point. All right. Uh, Boulder is smiling menacingly at Levin and is going to rush up to her, raise his mighty warhammer, and... Does a 19 hit? Yes, it does. Oh, it right. does. Oh, I have damage. such monk. Oh, uh, I have such monk envy right now. <laughs> oh. Um, how does 15 damage sound? 15? Mm-hmm. Oh my lord. I'm alive. I'm standing. Wow. Okay. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. Okay. Sorry. You're all Levin's good. Down. So he smiles at Levin and he rushes up and he brings his hammer up and it connects right with Levin's chin and throws her back and she falls unconscious. That well, is gonna be this is a good run, everyone. Oh boy. Zoltan, <laughs> I'll show myself out. Kind of hurting. All right. Uh, that's going to be Boulder's turn. So Severa also wants to help out her buddy buddy and is going to... Okay, now her... Her one thing runs out. She's, she's going to cry out as her partner gets really dangerously close to the Lava River and is going to cast a magic missile at Karg. So that's going to be... 3d4 plus 3. Yeah, those are brutal. And you don't even have to roll to hit with magic missile, do you? Mm -mm. No, it automatically auto hit. hits. Ah, oh, man, those are rough. It's a great spell. All right, you take seven damage. I can live with seven. And that loses you guys a point in the game. All right. All right, Emma. I could, I, I would not be able to do it now. I know, but for future reference, can a monk catch a magic missile, or is it because it's magical you cannot? I don't think that you'd be able to catch magic missiles with your mm -hmm. deflect missiles feature. Even though it's the same name. <laughs> I know. It even refers to them as darts of magical force. It, it's yeah. force damage though, right? That would be freaking crazy though. I, I didn't would... think so, but it'd be cool. What, should be a what kind of monk cool. are you again? Open hand. Open hand. Okay. Depending on the so monk has... subclass, I would potentially rule that you could, but it really depends on the theme of the monk subclass. I don't think open hands would yeah. be able to. And I think you could um, argue it later on when a monk's fists become magical themselves. That's true. Yeah, at that point, Anyways, I would probably let at it. At that go. point, that seems very reasonable. But we are not uh, at that point. Death saving throw from Levin, I assume? Yes. Cool. Actually, let's see. Um, Yeah, go ahead. It's a 19. 19. Okay. What? I can roll for that. It's the important stuff. 
exactly. Just staying alive. That is Levin's turn. So that gives us Kaliara, who is dangerously close to Athena of Lava. What do you do? And she sneaks and falls in. She is going to cast Blur. No! You see, like, she stops just at the edge of the river, and she turns to Karg and glares at him, makes some hand gestures and says a few words, and suddenly her whole body starts to shift and blur, and it's hard to tell where exactly she is standing. Um, she, anyone who attacks her will now have disadvantage. I must have warlock trauma because I'm like, what? They can cast three spells? <laughs> <laughs> oh. It doesn't look like I have 10 feet of movement, so I'm going to take a couple of steps back. All right. Hold my sword up above my head, just calling out to the crowd. All right. And I'm going to take the 10 feet, jump across the river, and try to get into melee with the Minotaur. All right. I'm going to say that you can get right next to your fallen comrade within melee of the Minotaur. Okay. And this is going to be a little bit finicky um i believe that leon's hands is an action i would love to be able to do it as bonus action though so i'm gonna make sure of that really quick yes i should know this right away no i have not played a character in quite some time (laughs) (laughs) okay so it is it says as an action dang it (laughs) do you have any bonus actions you can use to damage the dude well i was going to attack him with my thunderous smite Mm. Real quick, make me a perception check. Oh, my best possible skill. An 18, though. 18, that's not bad. Just as you leap across the river, you find yourself next to your comrade. You glance over at the homunculi around the edge of the field, and you can tell that they are preparing to remove Levin's body from the field. Noticing that, Zoltan does something that he finds crazy and at the same time absolutely necessary. And... He's going to lean down, nudge his companion with his foot, and just be like, hey, get up. And I'm going to dump all 15 HP of my lay on hands into Levin. Whoa. Heck yeah. Nice. So you leap Thanks. across this river, and you glance over at the monkey lie, look down at your partner, just sort of like give her a nudge with your foot, and she wakes up. I'm going to say she stands up so that the audience knows what happens. Because I would give you inspiration for that, but inspiration in this particular battle equals a point. So the audience loves the camaraderie. And here we can see Zoltan going after someone else. He's actually not going for the fight, folks. This is crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, is that you? Just your... real fast. Yes. Sorry, Levin stands, gasps. I don't like lava. <laughs> Me Carry on. Is that your turn, Jens? That is that is my full turn, because I can't do a second spell as a bonus action. All right. So that moves us on to Gore. Is still there, though. All right. Uh, yeah, Gore's just going to move ter- towards the mage that, e- even though she just cast Blur, he's going to jump across that river with, with his 19th string score. <laughs> All right, you land directly next to where her shifting body lies. Alright, and then I'm going to use Reckless Attack to give me advantage on this. <laughs> have, have everyone yes. else get advantage on me. Alright, so go ahead and make a normal attack roll. That's my partner. <laughs> so I got a, I got another synthetic 20. 
Oh, nice. All right. Um, go <laughs> ahead and roll me some damage. All right. It's only 11 damage, but still. It's right. only 11 damage. I want you to describe to me exactly how this attack works and looks. And I want you to remember so, that she is still right next to the lava river. Yeah, so Gore jumps across the river, and his his chain was dragging behind him, so it's still across the river. So he just yanks it and swings it around and, like, slams it down directly, like, onto the blurring mage. Like, just in the general area, even though she's shifting everywhere. Alright, so... Gore leaps across the river and using the momentum of the leap swings his mace around and it comes at a downward arc smashing directly into the girl and the force of it pushes her the rest of the way into the lava and she goes down and I'm going to give you a point because that was awesome and I'm going to say you and Karg both notice as her body falls unconscious and then falls into the lava the homunculi at the edge of the field makes some hand gestures and her body floats up out of the lava and zips across the field off of the, like out of the arena and some medics start rushing to her to start taking care of her. She is officially off the board. And then afterwards, immediately gorgeous starts like prepping another swing, like gets momentum building in the, in the ball. Alrighty. Karg. Your Minotaur friend just annihilated this girl. What would yes. you like to do? All right. I am going to turn around to... Who is the blue D6? That is the blue-haired girl. Okay. You are within 30 sense. feet of everyone, every enemy on the field. Yes. So you have free reign. Let me see. I am going to go ahead and run up to her. Okay. And I'm going to take a crack at her with my quarterstaff. Alrighty. Go ahead and roll me an attack. Oh, that's much better than last time. 17 plus 5 for 22. That hits. We are looking at 3 plus 3 for 6 damage. Oofy oof. She does not like and that. And then, let's see here. I'm going to go ahead and hit another flurry of blows. Alrighty. Or so again, seventeen plus five for twenty-two to hit. Sorry, and, yeah, that is. Yep. I can and, see why you have Mad Monk Evy. <laughs> I'm actually getting to use a monk the way it's supposed to. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, this dude and then Avatar. Seven damage for blur a fur flurry of blows. Alright. And I would like her to a attempt a dexterity saving throw let's see well i'll tell you right now that yes. she is in no condition to do any such thing because you drop okay. her you run up to this girl and just you know exactly what points to hit and she is not prepared for this and she is down and you watch hmm. as the homunculi once again wave their hands and her body is whisked off the field Seeing all of this go down, Zoltan turns to Levin and says, All right, our turn. Go. Okay. <laughs> and it's the goblin's turn. Goblin, what would you like to do, Mr. Rogue? Are you going to actually do anything useful? And I'll see as I open up his character sheet and consider my options. Remind me, people who know better, sneak attack is applicable against a foe who is 
engaged with another allied enemy, right? Yeah, I believe so. Melee combat, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Alright, he is going to run up to Levin, because she is closest. And he is going to try and dagger-dagger her. That slimy cretin. And he really? is a useless little green slime ball. <laughs> I assume an eight does not hit you. No, it All doesn't. Right. He runs up and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's his turn. Uh, but Boulder, however, I don't think they're flanking necessarily, although he could be. Boulder. Flanking who? You. Clearly oh you. <laughs> <laughs> However, let's see. Boulder. Oh, a negative one to intelligence. He does not like the man who just stole his kill. And so he's going to turn and make a Warhammer attack against Zoltan. Come at me. Oh, how does a 26 sound? 26 mm. sounds like it'll hit, but I'll take it. All right. You, sir, are going to be taking nine damage. A whole nine damage? A whole All for nine me? damage, yes. Alright, and I will much. roll for concentration, which I believe passes. Minimum is ten, that's an eleven. Alright, All right. so you maintain concentration. Severa is out of initiative, so is clear. So we are back to Levin. You have a goblin right next to you, as well as a minotaur, who uh -huh. just attacked your, maybe not friend, but ally in this situation. Right question so if i circled around so i was basically out of flanking i would i take an attack of opportunity from the minotaur you could work it so that you don't get one from him but you would get one from the goblin i don't want to exit out of melee with from the goblin just the minotaur so basically like circling around so does that make sense yeah you've got here if that's not possible picture yeah that would be lovely what if you were able to get into flanking him with me who, yeah, the goblin? that would work. Uh, who's? I believe that the minotaur is right in between us, isn't he? No. Here, I'll send you the picture. Okay. Because I have a really cool idea that if this works, then it'll be freaking sweet. So this is the layout. Okay. Orange die is the minotaur, and the green one is the goblin. Mmm. Okay. And then this ruler is the river. Okay. So if you wanted... I... Sorry, continue. You could... I think you could... If she moved... Jens, I need your expertise. If she moved to the space directly diagonal to her, she would be... Would she still be in flanking? I think she would. So flanking is they need to be directly opposite. Okay. So mm -hmm. you are actually not currently... So neither neither way could we get flanking. If she were to go to the space that you've been suggesting, where she's currently in between the two dice, if she goes to the other space where she's between the two then I could move five feet and we could be flanking the Minotaur. So okay. if she moves to the square... Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, Basically I see what you're saying. diagonally. Mm -hmm. And you could do that without taking opportunity attack. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I'll do that then, and I'll okay. move. So basically, I want to be there. Um, right now, I want to target the Annoyance, the Goblin. Okay. And so Levin lets out, again, a series of hissing noises, and her... Basically, talons on one hand lengthen even further, and they start to drip a bright green acid. And she attacks the goblin with primal savagery. That is a 22 to hit. That hits. 
go, Excellent. go, go. Um, so that's five acid damage to the goblin. Okay. And so she arcs her hand down and across the goblin's chest, if she can reach it. Continuing on, I would like to do a flurry of blows, because I finally can. So does she just do um, the poison damage, or was there any slashing damage as well? So that one is just the acid damage. Okay. It's a cantrip. Um, and so and from isn't there, that a bonus action, or is that an action? That is an action. Okay. So I'll take the bonus action, do flurry of blows, and do two unarmed strikes. Right. So the first is 24. That hits. That is six bludgeoning damage. And then 19 that hits as well. For four bludgeoning damage. Oof. So yeah, mm. you, you whip around this guy between him and, and the Minotaur. You slash down with your claws, stealing the acid damage, and then pow, pow, punch to the face into the chest. This guy mm -hmm. is looking hurt, but still standing. What a little punk. Okay. <laughs> and is that your turn? Yes. All right. Zoltan, you want to flank right. the Minotaur, right? Yes. All right, you are doing so. So, as I do so, I'm going to say, Levin, duck! And I'm going to bring my sword just sidelong into the Minotaur as though I was swinging a baseball bat. All right. So I will roll at advantage due to flanking. That is a natural 20. Woo! <laughs> All right. If you roll two 20s, this is a double crit. <laughs> no. I mean... I got a 20 and then a 5, so oh. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so do you want me to roll once and double it, or do you want me to roll twice and add the modifiers? Roll once and double it, and then add the modifiers. Okay, so that is 2d6, which comes out to 6, so that is 12, plus 3 would be 15. My thunderous smite goes off, which adds another 2d6. That's 10. And he needs to make a strength saving throw. All right. And does anyone else around the strike need to, or is it just him? So there is an audible blast of thunder, and this is why Zoltan's catchphrase is, here comes the boom. Gotcha. As a boom, a shockwave comes out, and it's audible within 300 feet. Okay. Probably the whole of the arena can hear this as it goes off. As the vibrational energy slams in, coalesces, and causes a thunder wave. Righty. But it, other than being heard, anyone else around the attack doesn't get affected? Nope. Um, he needs to make a strength saving throw or be pushed 10 feet away from me and knocked prone. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. The strength saving throw is 9. Oh, that is a failure. So All he's right. going to get pushed 10 feet, probably tumble over my ally, and be knocked prone. All right. He's knocked prone, and it was 10 damage, right? 10, so 25 total. As your strike lands and the concussive blast of the thunder wave hits, you watch as this massive orc, or not orc, Minotaur's body flies up into the air over Levin, who has been ducking, and as he lands, you see his head just slumped to the side and his eyes closed, and he is down. You just so because did I have not cast so much damage. <laughs> instantly that is getting you points right that's, there that's, that's a lot of damage yeah that nice is, i'm giving you five points for that because that was awesome and the crowd loves it that's why i'm the fight finisher 
So he is out. Homunculi do their thing. His body floats away, and little goblin dude is looking around like, oh, no. Well, the little goblin, I'm going to look at him and say, run. I'm going to use my last spell, command, to have him run. All right. What does he need to roll for that? That is a wisdom saving throw 14. All right. I'm going to have it be at a disadvantage because he is freaked the heck out. (laughs) That's a six. Understandably. He turns and bolts towards the homunculi, screaming, Get me out of here! Get me out of here! Get me out of here! And you hear boos and jeers, and the crowd is not liking it. He is going to take a minus five points for fleeing, and that is the fight. So you guys, breathing hard, looking around like, oh my gosh, did we just do that? Levin, you're kind of hurting. Your foot is not feeling great. And the announcer steps onto the field and announces you the winners, and the point tallying comes out to eight points for the enemy team. 18 for your team and that is the end of that fight you guys are ushered off of the field is there anything any of you want to say to each other as we're going off i'm just gonna give levin the like friendly punch just be like i told you i'd have your back and karg will slap gore on the back and say thank you for getting her in the lava (laughs) thank you for not letting me die because we they are dead correct they're not, like, alive. This is where Why things get to be really awkward for him, and he's he's just, he doesn't say anything, and because he's shorter than Levin, he's just going to kind of look down to the side a little bit. The homunculi You're who's not... leading you guys off the field looks up at Levin and then over at Zoltan and does a little sign. Uh, Zoltan, you know that he's saying, wait, she thinks you're actually killing people here? <laughs> What did that little eye just sign? What's happening? Um, Why are you not saying anything? And at that moment, as you guys are led through this corridor, Feldius comes through the doors. Yes, I knew you were the right three for the job. You guys did amazing. Thank you very much. When do we get paid? You're welcome. Ah, yes. Payment. That will be made to order in just a moment, we got to head up to the observation room for the next match, and I will be able to dish out your payment there. Uh, go ahead and follow me. And he turns and he starts leading you up to the observation room. And as you guys arrive into the room, the homunculi shuts the door and leaves. And Feldius reaches into his pouch. He's like, okay, let's see. How much was it? He starts doing some mental math. Ah, yes. And as he pulls his hand out he throws this dust across the air and it hits you three in the face and you guys sputter back you step back and your vision starts to go black and he says thank you very much for making me a lot of money today but you can go home now and the world goes black for you um zoltan you see as these as these three stumble back each one in succession blink out of existence. Feldius sort of brushes his hands off and turns to you and says, I think they did pretty good. We might have to call them back sometime. No real response. He claps you on the shoulder and says, good job today. That was quite the finisher. And he turns and walks out. And that is where we will end the session. He's a scammer. Thank you all for joining us in this episode of Fireside Dice. This podcast is produced by Realms of Roleplaying, and all music used in this program was produced by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. We'll see you all in the next episode.